Dateline, January 23rd, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 132 of the Airplane Geek Show. And, uh, Grant, we've had a bit of news this week, and I think perhaps um, you may know about it firsthand, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's have uh. a qu- let's <laughs> No pressure, no pressure. Now, let's have a quick talk here about Air New Zealand and Virgin Blue um, climbing into bed a little closer by the looks. Yeah, that's correct. It's the big news of the moment, and what's happening is that Air New Zealand is buying up to 15%, or well, it's actually 14.9%, but we're not quibbling, of uh, Virgin Blue, which is about the, as much as they can handle where they're at. But uh, once they cleared 5% of ownership, they had to tell everyone about it. They're saying that they're not uh, taking over Virgin Blue. They're just uh, buying into it. Um, this is going to give them a better position to go up against Qantas in various areas. As some people have pointed out, isn't this exactly what Air New Zealand said when they were buying into ANSET just yeah. before ANSET did the big belly up back in uh, 2000s? That's exactly the point I was going to make. I would imagine there would be quite some nervousness, although it is different times and, you know, there's, there's far different structures in place these days, I would guess. In New Zealand spending up to $135 million to uh, buy this stake in Virgin Blue, and I would imagine there'll be quite a lot of nervousness around about the prospect of them buying into what, what amounts once again, as it was with ANSET, to a much larger carrier than they are. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting assessment of where it goes. I know um, our friend Ben Sandilands has been quite busy with his uh, plane tour blog, catching up on what's going on and uh, monitoring it and attending the uh, press conferences and so on. So uh, that's going to unfold some more this week. I think we'll see some more analysis on that one as it as it gets a bit more into it. Yeah, it does sort of clarify a few things. Pacific Blue is no longer flying around New Zealand domestically, then it's just out in the Pacific area. And um, I think we said way back when it, uh, Pac Blue pulled out of New Zealand that this was probably indicating that Virgin Blue and Air New Zealand were going to be working a lot closer. And then they started wanting to do their deals across the Tasman and um, code share and make things tighter there so I think this could be just one more step in that whole Air New Zealand Virgin Blue partnership agreement. Yeah there's been a lot of changes to ownership over the years of the Virgin Blue company since it's been here. Uh, Toll Holdings a rather large road and rail transport company did at one point have a quite a large stake in them. Uh, Richard Branson's Virgin Group still holds 26% of that company so yep. uh, yeah interesting times and uh, boy there's there's been a lot of changes around you know what uh, I guess Qantas would be happy that all this is going on because it's certainly taking the spotlight off them uh, in many ways. Yeah yeah, although it's slightly shining on them because Air New Zealand are sort of indicating that they're going to be able to go up against Qantas better now with their structure. So, yeah, interesting times, mate. Interesting times indeed. Now, let's move on quickly to the uh, Royal Australian Air Force. And recently we're up at uh, at Ambly Grant talking to 82 Wing, which of course is a combat wing, but 84 Wing is the VIP fleet for the Royal Australian Air Force. A couple of 700 series uh, 737s, the BBJ spec, and uh, three Challenger 604s. Well, uh, there's been some uh, interesting interesting uh, information released under uh, Freedom of Information recently and it looks like they've been having some interesting mechanical problems with those aircraft and uh, that's caused a few diversions here or there with our Prime Minister or as he was then. It has raised a couple of eyebrows and uh, it's interesting that everyone's been keeping this pretty quiet. Not sure exactly what the causes of those uh, mechanical issues have been. But what I find most interesting is that the newspapers haven't really made a big deal about it. Here in Australia, if anything happens that is related to an aircraft, and especially if it can be traced back in any way, shape or form to Qantas, they make a big deal of it since the A380 incident. And uh, here we are with a um, Boeing BBJ that is owned by Qantas Defence Services and leased to the RAF and is maintained by Qantas. And yet the uh, newspapers aren't making a huge deal out of it. I, I don't know if I should be happy about this, that maybe the newspapers are 
waking up or worried that there's something else that's distracting them and that they'll come back to it later. This is an article that made its way through all the News Limited papers by Steve Lewis. It actually is not that heavy on detail, which makes me think that perhaps it's uh, you know a storm in a teacup kind of thing. There was uh, one incident here where a trip from Perth to uh, Brisbane had to be cancelled with former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd on board, and that was, uh, I think, earlier last year because the plane had an oil leak. I'm thinking, once again, it's probably a number of these uh, regular maintenance issues that are popping up that would happen with any aircraft. And uh, let's face it, Kevin Rudd, who was a, a huge opponent of buying these aircraft in the first place, and but then again has done more miles on them than anybody else, <laughs> um, it's any wonder they're, they're getting some maintenance issues. Yeah, no, it's 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 natural stuff. There's nothing too untoward about it. It's not, not something that doesn't happen to any aircraft, any airline or anywhere. I'm just surprised that the uh, newspapers aren't doing their usual, oh, it's quite a small kind of thing that they do. Okay, well, moving on, Grant. Now, there's uh, we've had a rather interesting week this week, news-wise and aviation news-wise, and uh, there's been an incident uh, that happened here, here in our very own uh, city of Melbourne, not involving any sort of helicopter or fixed-wing aircraft, but in fact, um, <clears throat> it's a hot air balloon. And Yeah, uh, that's right, mate, and it was one of our balloons. I wasn't actually crewing this one. Uh, I first heard about everything as I was driving into work uh, to go and man the office, and uh, Essendon Tower called me up to ask if that was one of our balloons going out into the bay. And what happened was the guys were uh, on approach into Albert Park. The winds shifted and uh, one of our balloons landed on a nice big chunk of beach. No problem. It happens at least once a year that a balloon will land on a beach here around the bay. But uh, our other balloon, unfortunately, was being blown straight towards the narrowest part of the beach. Uh, He put it down, thumped it onto the beach and slid into the water. And uh, just when it was looking like, okay, we can uh, drag him back towards the beach with a few ropes, the winds picked up, blew him out over the bay, uh, towards the bay. So he uh, put it back into the air and flew low over the water. We put our standard plan. We've got a standard response to an incident such as this, a balloon going into the bay, which is that we called the water police. They did exactly what they said they'd do. And all our planning came through. And uh, yeah, he flew across to Williamstown. What wound up happening was that to reduce one of the variables, we transferred the passengers onto a police boat. So they went onto the little Zodiac rubber duckies onto the police boat. And then um, because the winds were pretty fickle and very light, they uh, hooked a rope onto the balloon and towed the balloon with the pilot and a couple of police on to be ballast back over to the other side of the bay and uh, yeah all all systems went really well the passengers were pretty happy and uh, it was great to see that our uh, response plan worked really well yeah that's good and it did uh, make quite a bit of uh, talk in the media here's how it came across on melbourne radio 3aw 10 people have been rescued uninjured after a hot air balloon touched down in port phillip bay this morning he landed on the beach at South Melbourne and then uh, I think uh, because of the narrowness of the beach uh, the breeze got a bit stronger or something and it just dragged us into the water and then uh, yeah just kept taking us out into the bay so yeah it got a bit dicey there at one stage because we thought we might have you know tilted over the basket with a because uh, our basket was filling with water and then the uh, balloonist guy managed to uh, lift us off the water again but we kept drifting out, to, out into the bay probably probably uh, about 400 metres offshore before we saw our first police boat and the balloonist guy here managed to throw a line to the police boat and uh, we offloaded it from the basket into the police launch and now the uh, uh, well, as I look, as I'm looking now, the balloon's actually drifting back out into the bay because there's a couple of police in the basket with the uh, balloonist, and uh, there's about three launches uh, out of the balloon now. And I think they're trying to somehow tow the balloon 
back to shore, but it looks like it, the breeze is now taking it back out into the bay. The balloon was finally pulled ashore at Williamstown just after 9am. Well, hey, Steve, yeah, it was an interesting incident, but hey, at least nothing broke, not like the KC-30 losing a boom. Oops. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, here we were just recently talking about how well our KC-30 tanker program's going, and now this happens uh, somewhere over Spain. Now, uh, this happened uh, recently. Uh, it was uh, doing some in-flight refuelling tests with no Royal Australian Air Force personnel on board, we're told, no. uh, and it was uh, attempting to refuel an F-16. That's right, it was attempting to refuel a Portuguese F-16 when part of the boom apparently snapped near the F-16's refuelling receptacle. The boom apparently went up and hit the the uh, bottom of the KC-30, at which point it appears one of the guiding vanes broke off and the boom started to oscillate madly before it ripped off at the base of the uh, aircraft and fell into the ocean below. Uh, both aircraft were able to recover safely. There was no injuries or anything like that, but um, yes, definitely some embarrassment on that part. Yes. Oh, well, I guess uh, it'll it'll put the program back a few weeks while they repair that and uh, there'll be probably the, the all sorts of inquiries going on. So I'm sure that'll generate all sorts of news for us to talk about over the next few weeks. And yes, sorry, David, I can probably hear you groaning in the background, but we thought we'd better mention this story. Well, Grant, uh, look, uh, speaking of the beach and uh, and hot air balloons uh, drifting off the beach, well, we're just about to run out the door and head down to the beach now since it's such lovely weather here. I see Dan sent us some rather horrifying pictures of uh, lots of snow during the week. So, uh, oh boy, I hope our friends across there in the US are surviving that cold. I think that would kill me, but uh, we'll be thinking of that as we're splashing around the beach in our 100 degree Fahrenheit weather today. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.